0: On this episode, Brian Cohane talks about going from 10 careers in 10 years to being the OG of EXP, Wim Hof Breathing, and 3XF. Stay tuned. You are now tuned in to the Power House Podcast.
1: What up, it's your boy Stefan, with the Power House Podcast. I'm here with. John Haas. And special guest, founder, president of EXP Realty, Brian Colhane. Brian, tell them who you are and what you do.
2: What's up, fellas? Yeah, so, um, you know, I was the first president of EXP, so I'm I'm currently not the president, but uh, I was the first president of EXP. I uh, helped build the company. Um, I've been actually pre-EXP. I like to think of myself as pre-EXP. As we were joking around before, I'm a, I'm an EXP OG. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs>
1: Original
2: in the building. The
1: OG of EXP. It's got a ring to it.
2: It does. It does. Yeah. You know, um, so take you back a little bit, probably about, uh, it was about 2004. Uh, I'd left Chicago with all my clothes in a garbage bag and hitched a ride with a buddy. Um, I just gotten sick of the Chicago winters. I was kind of a, you know, a hardworking sales guy. Uh, you know, kind of 10 careers in 10 years kind of guy. I did, uh, you know, caddying, busboy, waiter, uh, worked for the railroad, brush crew, what have you. Got into commercial real estate, ad sales, did a little bit of that. And that's when I first got my love for real estate. You know, I was taking out these uh, these commercial real estate brokers that were effectively building skyscrapers in Chicago. And, uh, you know, I'd spend my last $50 to take them out to lunch so that I could make $50 on an ad commission. Meanwhile, they're building $50 million buildings. So I said, I want to be on that side of the table. So, uh, so I threw all my clothes in. it was a lawn bag. So don't feel too bad about it. But, uh, I jumped in my buddy's car, rolled out to Arizona and, uh, I always knew I wanted to be in commercial. Um, and it's some form of real estate. And uh, so I started interviewing with some of the big, uh, the big brokerages out there, the CBs, the Grubb and And then I stumbled upon a Craigslist ad, and it happened to be Glenn Sanford. And at the time, Glenn was a, uh, you know, a real estate agent at Keller Williams. He had built up a nice-sized business. He was running websites all over the country. He was bringing in top agents to help kind of convert some of the leads that he was really good at generating. And so he basically made me his team leader, um, I had no experience I didn't know my way around town I still had an Illinois phone number And I hadn't even finished real estate school yet So I don't know what he saw in me uh, but, uh, but he made me his team leader I think he said he liked that I had no bad habits
1: Okay, okay <laughs> No bad habits
2: Yeah, Goodness. He can coach me, he could mold me
1: Okay, so then he saw that early on Says, alright, Brian's coachable He's teachable, he's likable Everybody will get that right off the bat This is my guy
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, he liked that I played sports. I played college basketball. Um, You know, I think, you know, for him, that meant that I was, yeah, coachable, but also could lead, um, recruit. You know, that was a big part of our business early on, even back then. Uh, So I was responsible for, you know, closing deals, bringing in agents, showing them how to close deals. Uh, holding their hands, late night calls, you know, loaning them money, whatever you needed to do. Um, and we did it. And we did it well. Uh, we were actually one of the top teams in Phoenix. We had some of the top ranked websites in the valley here, Scottsdale Paradise, Phoenix Power Search. And uh, things went really well. They actually went so well that we decided we were going to start and do our own thing. Um, and a little known trivia, we, we didn't start EXP right away. We started a traditional brokerage called Buyer Tours Realty. And uh, you know, Glenn was very buyer centric. That's the bulk of our leads were buyers, and uh, and he had a very specific, um, you know, neuro linguistic based um, lead conversion program that we had developed. And so we had uh, you know some advanced uh, technology that we were using to close a higher percentage of the buyer leads than most people. Right. So then we jumped out and we started our own thing. Mm. But this was in 2008. This is like. January, February 2008. Oh,
0: this, is, this is recession time. Right. Goodness well, it
2: was like, pre, like right before the recession hit.
1: I already uh, came in a long bag, and now <laughs> I'm in recession. I was getting ready back. to go home in one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Goodness. So, but, uh, you know, we, uh, we had just rolled out six offices in six cities around the country. Um, you know, that meant six leases, six broker salaries. I mean, everything times six. And, uh, you know, again, things went well until about October, And then that's when the market crashed. And uh, as the story goes, I think uh, Glenn probably ended up losing about half a million bucks in Mm. three months. Mm. Uh, Just, you know, with overhead and infrastructure costs and what have you. So uh, we shut it all down. He called a big team leader meeting, got us all together here in Phoenix. And he said, hey, everybody, this market's going to be bad. And it's going to be bad for a while. Right. Now, listen, I'm an optimist, right. right? I'm sitting like, what do you mean, a couple of weeks? Right. Like, we'll be back on it next month, right, Glenn? Like, we, we got this. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Positive thinking, right? right. And uh, he said, no, Brian's going to be bad. And we got to basically reinvent the game. And he said, uh, look, uh, we got to come up with an economy-proof brokerage model. Mm. And so for the next year or so, we seriously hunkered down uh, almost every day and just tried to hammer out a better mousetrap for real estate agents. <laughs>
1: My goodness, my goodness. So it's a lot of that legwork on the back end that you had to put together, especially going, you know, post crash there on what are you going to do? So in in essence, it's probably a blessing that it happened to the other brokerage and not
2: what you know, ahead. that's a great point, because I'll tell you, uh, you know, in good times, when, when there's a lot of business going around, people aren't necessarily looking for a change, mm-hmm. right? So the fact that there was a bit of a down economy, and a lot of these other brokers, like you just said, were uh, shuttering their doors. Well, meanwhile, we're opening our doors. Right. So we did get a lot of that, um, you know, those those orphaned agents that were sort of uh, homeless, right. you know, found <laughs> us in the virtual, you right. know, they found their new virtual home. Right.
1: This is, this is the spot where I need to be. It's a lot more lenient. That's right. You can create a lifestyle around it. That's right. That's very interesting.
2: And we added a couple of twists to the model, right? You know, Glenn being kind of a computer guy and a coder and a programmer, you know, mm-hmm. he's looking for ways, again, to make it economy-proof. Well, of course— the biggest offender of any expense is office space, right so when we found some of these early cloud platforms, like uh, they were back then they weren 't called cloud offices; they were called three d immersive office environments. Right. Uh, it was a little clunky to put right. on a business right. card right <laughs> so so uh, I call them ice right. uh, immersive uh, collaborative environments right, right. Uh, but basically we um, you know we rolled that out, and then we also because we were a little leaner and meaner, mm. and we had a little bit more money to throw around. Um, we also put in a gross commission based residual income plan, mm. and so this new kind of comp plan that really the industry hadn't seen yet, um, I think, is what really allowed for us to sort of burst onto the scene.
0: Right, and right. It, no, and, and it sounds like just I'm going to touch on some of the some of the other things like early age, hustler mentality. I can already hear it. Yeah, like you just. Had 10 jobs, 10 years, but every one of those jobs, you just kept pushing through. Yeah, none of them lasted more than nine months. Right, (laughs) right. And then you played college sports. Right. So that mindset... And I like what you said, the optimist mindset, right? You're like, no, is this going to be two weeks, three weeks before we get on it? You're like, no, we're going to win something. Like, we, yeah. that, that mindset's got to be there from college ball.
2: You know, and that's been a big part of it. You know, Glenn and I had dinner the other day, and we were just kind of marveling at, at how far we've come in a short period of time. And, you know, he said an interesting comment. He said, Brian, you know, everything that happened is what we believed would happen. Mm. Now, you can take that two ways. Of course, you know, it's easy to say that now looking back and like, you know, we believed it and it happened. But what he really was... Was saying I think was if you don't believe it's going to happen right. it's not going to happen right you know and so we even though we've gotten really big and you know and, and by the way we're you know we got a lot of room to go right I mean we're, we're only 15,000 agents right uh, we'll probably get this thing up ho- hopefully over 100,000 soon uh, in the next couple of years but uh, you know we basically um, you know Glenn is big on manifesting the power of the mind mm. you know uh, Napoleon Hill right. what the mind can conceive the mind can achieve right so absolutely, that hustler mindset, you know, Glenn called me a go, go, go guy. Right. You know, I never took a salary. I never asked for anything. Well, I shouldn't say that. If, if Glenn's <laughs> listening, he'll, he'll 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 say maybe a few times right. I borrowed a few bucks from him. But other than that, um, you know, I basically just said, I'm going to bust my butt. I'm super loyal and I'll get what I deserve.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. So keeping that, holding on to that, but knowing at the same time. So bringing back that mentality that... That ball just got stolen from you. You were going down court. Now it's like, okay, it's just that quick because I'm going to get the ball. I'm
2: going to block that shot.
1: Right, right. I'm going to get you on the rebound. I'm going to get you on the rebound. Go
0: go from offense to, no, now I'm just going to play really good defense. You got to transition. Right. (laughs) That's huge.
2: And, you know, and and I also, I was a philosophy guy in college. and, And, again, I went to four colleges in five years, always looking for a better deal. And, uh, you know, kind of working my-, my dad told me early on, he said, Brian, if you don't get a scholarship, you're probably not going to go to college. Mm. You know, they just didn't have a lot of money. You know, he was a painter, you know, uh, like a, you know, landscape painting. You know, hey. he was kind of like an artist uh, for former hip or formed hippie.
1: Oh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Bob something. Bob uh, with that with the hair. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You oh shoot, you're yeah. putting me to the test, right? He does the landscapes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I used to watch that with my dad. Yeah. Um, I asked my dad, I'm like, H- uh, his paintings have to be worth millions, and he's like, no, nah, because he's not painting anything real. <laughs> <laughs> Just painting his imagination. Right. But um, you know so that was you know and by the way i grew up in a fairly affluent neighborhood but i was kind of the kid from the other side of the tracks Mm. so i grew up around success but we weren't successful at at least in financially right i mean he was an amazing father i mean tons of love but uh, always there for me maybe sometimes too much uh but um you know my dad was also my sales mentor and and you know one of my my life coaches and uh, you know he passed away in two thousand and eleven, and I still quote him to this day on a lot of stuff that that I talk about with my group but uh, yeah, I think he gave me some some really powerful skills and you know he was also sort of that you know Fred Flintstone, Ralph Cramden, you know kind of trying to find that career that right. job or that get rich quick scheme right. you know he 's always a little bit entrepreneurial, started a few companies so when i said when I saw that in Glenn, what I was saying earlier is one of my philosophy pieces that I really gravitated towards was the student has to seek out the master. Mm. You know, the master is not going to come down the stairs and get you. Mm. You got to walk up the stairs and go find him. Right. right? Powerful. And so when right. I found Glenn, I I said, this guy's a master, you know, and uh, I, I said, I'm going to camp out uh, on his footsteps here for a little bit and, you know, see what I can make of this. And uh, 15 years later, it's uh, worked out all right.
1: That's super interesting. And, and that's interesting enough that when you were to take people out, this was a side conversation that we had before this, and it's like, look, I spent $50 on, on this meal when I gotta go back out there and try to make that $50 back. Right. And it's like, I see that, I know where I wanna be, and I, start, I need to seek that out. So I need to put myself around those people, like going to Glenn, knowing where he's at mindset, where he's playing visually, whether that sits with you 100% or not, you know what you need around you.
2: You know, and I think I could attribute some of that to those early hustle years, like you were saying earlier, because you know as a caddy you know I'm caddying for some really rich people right. right uh as a as a basketball player you know I had uh 10 head coaches and 11 years of basketball so you know I I learned a lot but sometimes I learned what not to do right. you know the, how not to act right. right you know some of these guys weren't the <laughs> nicest people yeah. right uh but at the same time um you know I never resented successful people I I tried to learn from them I tried mm. to study from them and emulate them cuz you know, you can pick up a lot by who you hang out with.
1: Speaking of that, so we've talked a little bit about real estate, which I want to touch so much more on. But when you talked about success and being around successful people, what are some of the things that you're doing right now that help you stay in that successful mindset so that way you can get through some of these hard things that you might be doing on a day-to-day basis.
2: Sure, and you know, I think it is a day-to-day challenge, right? I mean, we all have to constantly keep our eye on the prize. I mean, I have bad days and good days, but I'm I'm reading a lot of success philosophy mm-hmm. now. You know, the Napoleon Hills, the Dale Carnegies. Um, you know, again, just surrounding myself uh, with with smart entrepreneurial minded people that push me right you know I try not to be the smartest guy in the room if possible or um, the most motivated because uh, you know that that helps me and now I do do a lot of motivating and and sometimes I do need some back myself but uh, you know I think if you gravitate the right people in your life Uh, That kind of takes care of itself.
1: No, that's huge. That's huge. Especially with the stuff that I see you posting online. Like there was one that you just really encouraged me that I was like, I need to work on my biceps right now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The the 100 curls a day (laughs) challenge. Right. right. (laughs) (laughs) I think I got a, what was it? A 45 day challenge. Well, um, yeah, no, I mean, by the way, you know, health is wealth. Right. Right. And, you know, I've actually kind of boiled down um, my core philosophy into three different types of freedoms. Right. Um, I actually am getting ready to roll out a brand called three XF. So it stands for the three freedoms. It's financial freedom. Okay. It's time freedom okay. and it's pain freedom. Mm. And, and I actually should reverse that because I think if I can help people alleviate some of the pain, um, and it can be physical pain, it could be mental pain. You know, I know we were going to talk about maybe jumping in the cold water here in yeah. a minute. Right. So, I mean, there's ways there's, te- there's certain technology. Something I've really learned is that, you know, I don't know if you guys play video games probably did. Yeah. You're about my age, so we all probably grew up playing video games. You know, you remember cheat codes, right? Remember AA, BB, up, down, up, down, whatever? Every Mortal Uh, combat game ever. yeah, Yeah, I mean, you got the cheat code, right? Well, there's certain cheat codes to life, right? There's health cheat codes. There's wealth cheat codes. And if you can learn these cheat codes, you can get there faster. And uh, I've just been fortunate enough to stumbled onto or gravitated some of these cheat codes into my life. And now I'm putting it together into a comprehensive coaching program so that I can help other people.
0: Mm. Oh, that's powerful. No, it's deep. And you're talking about, I know we'll talk about the cold plunge and, and what you do, but my question is, I, I'm reading Miracle Morning. I think it's a powerful book. I think people should read it. So I've influenced and, and set up my Miracle Morning. So you want to talk a little bit about what you do? for your miracle morning, or sure. for your morning ritual that's made you or things you've kept from. If you can think back to basketball days yeah, to now, or if it's just, I didn't have anything back then and this is what I do now. God, I wish I
2: was doing some of the stuff I'm doing now right. back when I was playing basketball. I'd, I'd probably be in the NBA.
1: Yeah. These kids got the advantage now. They they got all the tools and keys just out there.
2: Sure. Right. You can just YouTube it. How right. to be in the NBA. Boom. Here you go. Um, well, Dave on, who's uh, one of my partners who's sitting and listening yeah. here. He, he, you know, he, he knows a lot about that, but, uh, You know, uh, so my morning ritual right now is I usually get up, um, my wife and I'll have coffee. We just this year implemented a a two-list system. So we do a checklist in the morning Mm -hmm. and then we'll do a checklist at night and then we'll carry that checklist over the next morning. So every, every, so, and and I actually learned that they did a study on all the successful people uh, of our time and they said uh, the one common theme is it's not that they made a list It's that they made two lists a day. And I just blew me away. I was like, two lists a day? Wow, I don't even do one. So we actually implemented that. Um, But after we do that, we get the kids off to school. I got three kids under 10, two boys and a little girl. And then uh, and then I'll actually I'll probably break out my uh, my foam roller my back roller yep. and I'll start doing some really serious breath work. Mm-hmm. Um, I I, uh, I practice Wim Hof, W I M H O F, the Wim Hof method. Um, it's basically massive amounts of oxygen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're pumping up your cells. You're deacidifying your body. Obviously, acid leads to inflammation, and inflammation is the number one killer. Um, and so I deacidify myself. Um, it's a brain reset. It helps all kinds of different things in your body. It literally changes your physiology. And so I'll do three or four sets. And actually, it uh, uh, releases a little bit of adrenaline when you do it right. Um, and we maybe maybe for another podcast or what no, have you, I'm, we can. I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, like, ready. You, you want right to do some now? breathing? We yeah. Gotta, but so, but it basically, it's thirty or forty deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Okay, all the way in, let it out. All the way in, let it out. Right. Just nice and easy, like the rhythm of the tide or the the ocean. And then on that 40th breath, on that exhale, blow it all the way out and you hold it and you hold it for as long as you can. And what ends up happening is your mind starts to think that you're drowning and what your body starts doing when it's in a crisis mode is it starts producing adrenaline. And that adrenaline is life-saving you know you know they talk about when like uh like how a mom can lift a car off her baby in a car accident Right. right she summons that superhuman strength we all have that lying inside of us it's just we've conditioned our bodies over the last couple hundred years to stay inside of this comfort bubble and so our bodies have forgotten how to tap into that inner superhuman strength And so um, through doing some breathing, you can actually prime the pump. You make yourself (laughs) a little bit more energized. Did you get a little pop energy right there? I saw you trying it. (laughs) But you can't. As a matter of fact, I was falling asleep in class. uh, uh, It was a traffic school, so... You know, oh, uh, man. Uh, sorry, I'm lit back. Uh, here. Get, <laughs> well, you know what Wim Hof says: get high on your own supply, right. right? So you're doing this breath work, but you're getting energized, and that gets me pumped up, makes me alkaline, and then I jump in cold water. Mm. And so it's got to be below 57 degrees. So in Arizona, obviously in the summer, it's a little harder to find cold water. But uh, but right now the water is about 40 degrees. Right. I jump in. You got to be in neck deep uh, for at least two three minutes. Okay again what you're doing is you're simulating falling through a frozen pond you know when we were hunter gatherers or when we were you know uh when 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 we were living out in exposure um you know if you you know by the way uh i you know i studied history and a little bit of uh you know human history um you know we really only harnessed the power of fire maybe 10 twenty thousand years ago maybe uh that we know of and uh uh But we've been around a lot longer than that as a species, right? right? And so what were we doing to warm ourselves up internally if we fell in cold water, right? You know, you can either try and find an external source to heat you up or you can heat yourself up internally. So after about three minutes, what actually happens is all the veins in your body will shut. It's called vasal restriction. They'll shut down. Like, you know, think of every vein in your body like a garden hose, okay? And the water's the blood, but the the hose is a little muscle sheath. Mm. Okay? So it actually pumps the heat and pumps the blood through your body. Well, when you jump in cold water, they shut. But after about 2 minutes, I mean, it's literally I've seen so many videos, I've done this hundreds of 100 times. I've actually been been doing this for about 800 days now. Um every time right around the 90 second to 2 minute mark, all of a sudden all your veins in your body Burst open like uh, like garden like fire hoses, right? And they get real big. And what's happening is your body starts shooting adrenaline, mm. endorphins, nepinephrine. all these great brain candy chemicals start shooting through your your spinal column down into your bloodstream. And it just it's they they've actually done studies with NASA equipment. It's 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 more adrenaline than jumping out of an airplane. Wow! That you can tap into by ju- it's just got to be shocking. It's got to be shocking. So now. I hit the cold water, three minutes, I get out, I'm energized, I'm charged up, and I can do anything. Right. I can
0: tell you right now I'm not jumping out of a plane.
2: So cold water (laughs) might be my thing. Cold water is probably the safest way. I mean, you can do this in other ways, but cold water is the safest, most, um, you know, controlled way to do it. Absolutely.
1: One of the things that I've been focusing on because of that, because how you do anything is how you do everything. So, therefore, it's like prepping the mind and body for something bigger
2: when that comes. That's huge. Well, Wim would say set the mind to purpose. Okay. And so, for example, that's such a great point you just made because... um, you know, normally I'll get in and I kind of, you know, tough yeah, it out. Yeah. Um this last night I said to myself, tomorrow I'm going to swim three laps underwater. Mm. Now, it's like mind numbing cold, right? right? Like putting your head your head and your hands like intensify the cold even more. <laughs> but I said I got to do it. You know, I got a little bit of a big head not like not like ego wise but like physically <laughs> like it's like a large melon and so i'm like i got to shrink my melon down i'm going to get my head colder so i jumped in i made a point and it, it actually because i'd set my mind to purpose it was easier to do i messed up i was here about 2
1: weeks ago and i was staying at at Embassy suites or somewhere, but they had a cold pool. It was, it was, when I say cold, is because when I woke up in the morning, it was freezing in there. And I was like, I need to start practicing this. I do it with the cold showers already. Yeah. I'm already testing that. I'm ready for the next level. All right. Well, I jumped in head first, and that was the biggest rush. Like, I felt. Every thought in my body was in panic mode. At oh that yeah, because it hit my head first, and then I when I, later when I thought about it, it's like that's how I take on problems too. I kind of jump on head first on how I do it. So it's like, was it the concept that I jumped into the pool? It was it was the fact that I was afraid of it, so I jumped in head first. And it's like yeah. there's only one way to do this right. That's
2: now. right. You it, did it right. right well, me. so that's you know, there's so much I could say to that, but um, what we're literally doing is we're sewing seeds of badassery into our subconscious mm. okay right you're facing your flight or fight response every single day right or your fight or flight right right so you when you jump in cold water your body instinctively wants to get out right and and i mean they literally say it's almost like your body your consciousness jumps out of your body and looks back at you and you have to reconcile that wow. like do i stay in here or do i get out and if you can fight that Urge to get out, and you do that every single day. Mm-hmm. Think about how awesome that is for your subconscious. And by the way, right? If jumping in cold water for three minutes is the hardest part of your day, the rest of your day is a breeze. You, you, you probably know, you got a good life going on. <laughs> you know what? Day.
1: And that's why I do the the cold shower. So right now, it just tends to be a lot colder yes. with with the water in the showers. Yeah. So it's like I don't want to do it, and like the fact that I don't want to do it is like, what are you resisting right now? And Everything. what is
2: it that you don't want to do? It's literally the act of turning that knob, right? right? If right. you can just Turn the knob. Right.
1: And we're talking about business now. So yeah. now we're going out in the world. We're prepping ourselves for something bigger. And it's like, right. what? We need to make those phone calls. Right. We need to, we need to have those difficult deal with conversations.
2: Objection. Right. 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 Tell that client that he's not going to get the deal. Right. One of the, the things on
0: Miracle Morning that I just read was um, you hit the, your alarm clock set for 530. Most of us hit the snooze button, right? Yep. And the, in it, I mean, it literally doesn't say this, but I got out of it was, what kind of a person are you to hit the snooze button? Yeah. Do you hit the snooze button on everything else? Mm. So yeah. So if your alarm clock says 5.30, you should be up at 5.30 with a purpose. Yeah. And it hits to one of the topics you said was you You said, I'm going to go tomorrow and, and do three laps. Yeah. So you, you put it out there and they tell you, I'm going to wake up at 5.30 because my intention is 5.30. So at 5.30, I will wake up and I'm not going to hit the snooze button. So then you relate it to business. I am going to make the phone calls. Right. I am going to get deals. Right. Closed. I am going to go find buyers. So just... Reiterates that I am. You're
2: conditioning to. your right. your subconscious, mm. and you, and at some level, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. You're 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 100%. conditioning the brain, and you're conditioning the body, and the and the nervous system um when we were did you guys go to that tony robbins event were i did you, yeah, yeah we did do you remember the first guy that had us kept jumping out of our seat and going yeah, yeah yeah
0: jump up and do it <laughs> again yeah
2: and you know go ah <laughs> you know uh, but he was on to something you know what he said because i used to think that was kind of hokey and i'd right. be like i'm not doing that man right. I was, I, everyone's gonna snicker at me and i look like an idiot and uh but what he said was you're literally conditioning your nervous system mm. you're 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 breaking out of your pattern and to your point about the snooze button, and, you know, I I think if you just got up at 5.30 and then eventually probably eventually you wouldn't even need the alarm your body's just going to get up at 5:30 right.
1: right so you, you're conditioning differently but that's deep and I don't think a lot of people know about that and that's the concept of conditioning the subconscious because the way I've heard that is it's conscious subconscious right so reason and logic come from up here it's everything that you know that you know and you know that you don't know Makes right sense. i've heard subconscious as that's everything that you don't know that you know you, and you don't know that you don't know right. so within that what also I heard was, here's your pilot, here's your co-pilot with your subconscious, right? you got to teach your co-pilot to be better than your pilot. So if something does happen, when my co-pilot takes over, it's not the fears and beliefs that everything else got brought into picture. It's more of my co-pilot is prepped for this right, right. now. And it's going to take over and we're going to land just the same way that we would. and And... I'm on autopilot right now because whatever the case was.
2: Have you heard of the five second rule? That book, The Five Second Rule? It's very love similar it. to The Miracle Morning, right? The 1, blast right. off. Right. But there's a part in there where he talks about, uh, or she talks about, um, how um, you'll make a decision to do something and then how quickly your mind will talk you out of it all the time right and
0: i've tested it so i, I heard her she was on like ellen or something I, I, and i hate that i forgot her name but yeah, she's yeah. awesome so I, I i read it and i'm like okay it's five four three two one right so i'm laying in bed it's 5 30 and i in my head i go five four three two one boom i'm up i'm like oh this is this is a miracle is it really right? this easy it's easy right <laughs> so that i try this five, four, three, two. Five, four, three, two. Five, four, three, two, and I cannot test it. I'm a I'm a 200 pound man. Cannot lift my body up. I I don't know what it was. All of a sudden, I said one, and I'm up.
2: I jump out of bed,
0: and it was like this. I don't know what it was. Switch.
2: Like if I had if I had said five, four, three, two again, I probably wouldn't have went to bed. So Wim, you know, it's funny when Mm -hmm. they ask him. They said, "Who taught you this?" And he said, "Nobody." And they go, "Well, who's your master?" And he said, "I don't have a master. The cold is my master." Mm. And you know, listening to different podcasts and, and interviews with him, and what he's basically saying is, you know, he tried meditation. He was a yoga master. He got into Buddhism. I mean, he tried all that stuff, right? right? And he said nothing. He basically said you could fake your way through it, mm. right? Like if I if I take you to a yoga class, you know, you'll do seventy five percent of it, but are right. you gonna like max out? Man, eh, you, you could or you couldn't, right? right? And I might not even notice the difference, right? right. If I'm watching you. Uh, same thing with meditation. and By the way, like a lot of that stuff it takes years to right. get good at that stuff. Right. But he said, cold water, you can't fake your way out of it. Mm. You got to deal with it. Right. Right. And there's something about forcing yourself to deal with that uncomfortable situation that just, you know, it's like uh, I heard it this morning. They said a little bit of pain creates a lot of pleasure. Right. You know, like uh, if you can keep it uncomfortable for just a little bit. Now, there's uh, I also run Spartan races now, which is kind of counterintuitive because i have a hip implant and have had two hip surgeries but um, my doctor actually said the only way to really chew up that scar tissue is to get out there and hike and run and put some aggressive miles on my legs and so um you know i've been spartan racing now that i've lost a lot of weight from the cold plunge and so forth and so Mm -hmm. on but uh i started reading um, uh joe's book uh spartan up the guy who created the spartan races and he talks about a concept called obstacle immunity okay and basically what it is is if you can intentionally put obstacles in your life and, and to overcome intentionally, then when life throws them back at you randomly, you're not only ready for it, you're actually excited about it.
1: That's so deep for what he does for a living yeah. the obstacle courses. Yeah. Like those are your fears or those are your problems, everything that you create in your head that why you can't do it.
2: And so what do you think about and, and think about the how culture has shifted so much to now you know, we got Amazon and Uber and everything's hand-delivered. And we go from 70-degree houses, 70-degree cars, 70-degree offices, back to 70-degree cars, back to your 70-degree house. And, and we never leave that comfort bubble. Mm. And so now what's the fastest-growing sport? These suffer fests these obstacle course races right. people are paying thousands of dollars right. to suffer right and make their lives miserable for a couple hours right. why do you think that is i mm. mean you know back when we were chasing the herd or you know scratching out a meager existence right. we weren't you know crawling through the mud on purpose you know to, to like you know galvanize our bodies no we were already there so we're
1: thriving in that environment of that pulling out that instinct so when the instinct comes back to like ancestral then it's That's when we're doing better, I feel like. And that's what we're thriving for is just to feel that again. your natural
2: state. Right. Your body is meant to be a little tired, a little cold, and a little hungry. And Mm. I think that's why
0: there's such a huge community around those people who do the Spartan races and the Tough mutters. Like, you go through it, and there are people at the end waiting for you to finish because they know exactly what yes. you just went through right. the last three miles. Yes, it's almost therapeutic. It looks like so. Right. Obstacle
2: immunity has become a real big part of my life. And the other part of the book that I really gravitated toward was the the power in signing up. Right, right. Um, for me, like I played college basketball. You know, I used to go to the gym two, three, four hours a day. Mm. Now I got three kids, I got a career, multiple businesses. I don't have two, three, four hours a day to go work out like I used to, right? right. Um, but the other thing is, is um, if I have a race, if I've signed up for a Spartan race and I got something coming in a month or two, that day that I would normally just take off and not work out or not go for a run, now I find myself going for that run, right? right? I got to do it because I got a race. I don't want to die. I don't want to look stupid. I already told everybody I'm doing this. I can't back out now. So I better get my butt off the couch and go for that run. Right. Cuz I'm running out of time. The race is coming up and as a matter of fact, I got a race on February 10th. So Right. I might have to get going here. I got to yeah. go hike, but uh, And we we
0: talk about job. that as uh, we call it goal grinding when goal we're in the grinding. gym. Like you you have a race that's coming up and that race is You know, in February. So then, what you do is you take that and we goal grind. So we worked hard towards it. We have something in mind. So I'm I'm not just lifting 225 off my chest, right? There's a purpose behind it, right? So we have makes perfect sense.
2: Yeah. Well, again, it's 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 all mind trickery, right? Right. You're just kind of like having to like it's like Jordan. You know, I I grew up in Chicago in the 90s, and I think about Michael Jordan and like, you know how do you win i mean and basically he won six championships in a row okay i mean you know he took a year and a half off but you know he won six in a row how do you get yourself up for 82 games a year plus playoffs plus championships you know and and you know practice every day and practice all summer and shooting around all the time like you have to come up with these little mental games and so that's why he would like Find one little article where somebody dissed him mm. or one guy would talk smack on the court and boom, he was right. game on. He wanted to bury you. Right. No, that's huge. And what's
1: important to tie this together is is building this part of us up is for the bigger purpose of what it is that we want in this world. And so like we talked about it with freedom and liberty and why is it that we're in real estate creating money in right. the first place? What is it that we want behind it? Right. And then we find these these. Challenges or these obstacles that we put in front of us. So, it's how am I gonna get better so when the obstacle presents itself, I can jump over it a lot quicker and get through it right away. And so, within that, what I'm seeing like within real estate or whatever it is, having those difficult conversations or just looking for the easy way out, going from 70, 70 degrees in the car to 70 degrees in the house, you know, and, and I see that even within the model of, of real estate. And yeah. now what we're doing like within EXP, what it looks like is like, all right, now I have another way that I can make money. Well, don't forget that you still got to be really well at doing real estate. Yeah. You know, so there's that behind it. And just like you said in your early days of grinding, doing, you know, hustling. Right. Hustling it out. Now you just have another opportunity to apply that to, but right. still put the grind in. So don't put your eggs in one basket on looking to get, you know, be a sponsor of other agents so you can find residuals later. Don't forget You gotta be a motivator, right.
2: you gotta be a coach. Right. You gotta be at everything. I mean, Glenn used to say, We're kind of a personal improvement company disguised as a real estate brokerage. Right. But think about that personal improvement company, like You know, real estate agents, you know, it's not a nine to five job. It's not a desk job. You don't punch the clock and then check out and go home and do your thing, right? right? You're on all the time. Clients could call you weekends, after work, you know, nights, whenever. You never know. Then add growing a team. Bringing in other agents, helping them get going, and and let's face it, we're not the healthiest group of people. Um, we you know, uh, we'd be fooling ourselves if we think we can have a chaotic, mixed up, messed up life and have a functional career, right? right. I mean, the life and the career are basically interfused, and so what I've learned first personally but then now as I'm helping coach and mentor and train agents is that I have to not only lead from the front, Mm. right? I can't just tell them what to do. I got to show them how to do it. Right. And it also makes me have more energy so I can give more of myself to people and not, you know, be tired and check out at one o'clock in the afternoon and turn my phone off and that Mm. kind of stuff like I used to do when I was overweight and healthy and laying on the couch with my hip injuries and things like that. And, uh, and it inspires people. I mean, I'm seeing this, this, uh, health piece being a huge Huge component to what we're doing at eXp because, um, you know, health is wealth, right? right. And, uh, you know, what's the goal? Like you said, you know, wealth just brings freedom right. and uh, a freedom to do what you want, with you want, who you want, as much as you want, whenever you want, right? That's time freedom to me. And I think if you add the pain freedom... With the financial freedom piece, which we didn't get it too into with EXP, but, you know, leveraging the stock, leveraging passive income and other wealth building tools to attain financial freedom and not just be a transactional based uh, income person, right? A one dimensional income, but add a couple more dimensions to your income. Well, now uh, you add pain freedom to financial freedom that equals time freedom, Mm. right? So I'm, you know, it's a rare person that I meet that's free on all three levels. And I, and I do believe you can boil down pretty much anything to one of those three things, you know, mental, physical, or, or, um, you know, uh, constructual pain, meaning like, you know, pain of doing it the hard way or pain of the industry, or just, you know, Sick of the rut you're in, right? That's painful. Uh pain of thinking all the time. Mm. Oh, what do I do? What do I Mm -hmm. do? Waking up every day. Uh what do I do today? You know, that's painful. Um and by the way, thinking causes pain. I I have a whole theory on this. But (laughs) analysis by paralysis, a lot of that stuff. Well, it's like um, you know, there's literal um I think people wanna be told the answer instead of actually think it through because I learned Um, When you do math problems, Mm -hmm. okay, you're actually building neural networks. Your brain is pushing, um, you know, through and growing and Mm -hmm. and in that growth, not unlike lifting a a curl, doing Mm -hmm. a bicep curl where there's pain because you're building muscle tissue. I think there's probably at some, it might be microscopic, insignificant, you know, super, super imperceptible pain, but there's pain. Right. And so thinking is painful. Right. And I don't know. I just think a lot of people are in pain avoidance mode, unfortunately.
1: Right. And that's huge. Talking about that synergetic concept, because what you say, those three on those freedoms that you want. Yeah. It, like you said, if you do two, you get the third. You know, right. so it's like you, you don't can't have one. Of,
2: you can't right. have all without. Yeah. You can't have one without the other. Right. right. You're not going to be time free. If you got pain... Right. You know, you're not going to be financially free if your time broke. Right. Right? Because then your your time is
1: spent in pain. So therefore, where's the liberty in that? Right. Where are you free in that?
2: And I, you know, I go back and forth on this, but someone said this to me the other day, but they said, you know, the person w- with their health has a million dreams. The person without their health has but just one. Hmm. Chilling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel, you know, I, you know, I, listen, I, I, I... You know, five years of laying around with uh, getting hip surgeries. And, you know, when I got my first injury, I couldn't walk for nine months. I couldn't put weight on my leg for nine months. So I, you know, I had atrophy. I had arthritis. I had endocrine systems, heart murmurs developed. I had all kinds of problems, throat issues, thyroid issues. And, uh, you know, you you come at it from the outside, right? You're like, we'll take a pill and do this and do that. And and what I finally realized was you got to heal it from the inside. Right. Inside out inside out inside out yeah that's super great man
1: i'm excited to be around be here right now man between me and john we're both got that that entrepreneur mindset and in a lot of what you've spoken already i felt like i've hit stages of that maybe not to the extent i love that but at the same time it's it's the mindset and to watch it through a person like you be able to tie it all together here it's like okay there's a place here what do I need to be doing to start figuring that out?
2: Well, I love yeah. that about you guys, and I appreciate you guys—you know—reaching out and giving me this opportunity to be on your show. And uh, you guys run a great program here, and um, you know I, I could learn a lot from you guys and what you're up to. And you know, this is definitely—you uh, uh, know—this won't be the last time. I think we should do this. Right. Um, I'm right. certainly—I'd uh, like to be a friend of the show. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. a big podcast listener. I listen to a lot of podcasts. So yeah. you know, you guys—I can already tell—you guys have a pretty good little pro- uh, production team here, and. Uh, um, you know, and, and I'm actually getting ready to leave for a, a men's retreat tomorrow morning. I'm taking a few of my top people, and we're going on a little bit of a health and wellness retreat out oh, there to Muscle Beach and working with the top uh health and wellness guru. And uh, like you said, you know, um, uh, you know, it, 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 they're all parts of the same puzzle, right? Right,
1: right. And you got to create that synergy with it. That's right. That's deep. Thank you, Brian, for coming out, man. We, we truly appreciate you. No, appreciate Thank you, you guys.
2: Appreciate it.